Welcome to Bench Talk. I'm Jo Hilditch, High Sheriff of Herefordshire, as well as being a local farmer and entrepreneur. As usual, I'm talking to an interesting Herefordshire constituent and someone who goes an extra mile or has a cause very close to their heart. Today, I'm talking to Ben Andrews, with whom I have a lot in common, as we both started our farming careers as a minority in a largely white male and heterosexual sector. We also both spent some time in London working in public relations. I have to say, I lasted slightly longer than he did. He came back because he could bear it no longer, and I came back because my brother, who was going to take over the farm, died in a car accident. Today, our bench is on a flat roll, and we're sitting in Ben's farmyard on his farm just outside Lempster. Welcome, Ben. Nice to be here today among the, the birds singing in the trees. So. Perhaps we could take it back and if you could start, just tell me a little bit about your life, how you how you started, you came from here in the first place and th how it's brought you back. Hi Joe. yeah, uh, I've been, I was born born and raised on this farm, just outside Lemster, as you say, my family moved here in the 30s, we are probably, I've lost count of how many generations back we have been farming in Herefordshire for, but uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a long time. But I yeah, went, went down to London very briefly after university, uh, lasted about 18 months and missed the, uh, the wide open spaces and the peace and quiet of Herefordshire. So 18 months later, I was back, back home. So you, like me, came back to farming as a minority because you're gay, I'm a woman. You came back to a largely heterosexual white community of men. I came back to a largely heterosexual white community of men. And I think we both found it difficult to begin with. I mean, perhaps you could take us back through a little earlier from when you came out and, and how you coped with it when you went to university and then when you came back here. So I came out when I was 19, 18, 19, my first year of university. I'd gone to Edinburgh because that was as far away as possible as you could get from Herefordshire and had to try and figure it all out on my own because my parents didn't take it well initially was fantastic relationship with them now but it was it was quite strange to begin with and I didn't really have any any support from anyone um, and because it was quite um, I didn't know anybody else who who was gay uh, just very much trying to find my own way in life and figure out who I was and what I wanted to do. You found it difficult when you came back in the farming community? Yeah, you, you always, um, you're always worried about what people are saying about you behind your back. There's very little actually said to my face. Um, my One side of my family really didn't take it well and, and we haven't spoken. Uh, and in a way that bothered me at the time, but you get to the point where you realise that life's too short to worry about what other people think of you, and and if you want to be judged on something, be judged on something you you don't have. You, be judged on something you have a, 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 some control over, not yeah. something that that is just part of who you are. Exactly. I mean, that's certainly what I found when I came back as a woman. And I think when I came back, there were only eight percent of people were female in farming. Now I think it's more like kind of twenty two, twenty maybe even twenty five percent. But now, I would never define myself if I walked into a room of farmers as a woman. I would just say, I'm Joe. I'm a farmer, this is the farming I do, and I don't let my sex define me. And, and I, yeah. you don't. I, th I think it's, it's part of a 
problem with the if you read a lot of the farming media i mean we've now got a female president of the fantastic. nfu yeah and and it, it that's fantastic and but you read you read the farming press and it's never someone's never described as a male farmer they're always described you know the the journalists will call them a female farmer or or you know in my terms as well you know they will make a point of, of saying of, a gay uh, father yeah uh, and and it can yeah. be quite frustrating annoying that is annoying. that's what well, people are interested you in you know what more i get is i get female farmer joe hilditch 50x <laughs> whatever it is and i'm also qualified by my age which is even more annoying mm -hmm. so the work that you've done with setting up a, a, a platform group perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about that because i think that is some great work that you've done agrispec is an organization that um, i've been involved with since from the start great guy matt naylor uh, and i and another farmer from over in Lincolnshire, we're, we're chatting about an article in, in Country File about how there was a lot of suicide and depression amongst gay farmers because you know farming is does have quite a poor record for mental health as it is, and it was this idea that if you were gay as well, then it would made it even worse. And we didn't recognise that. We wanted to show that people could live out happy full lives um, be themselves not have to to worry and there were there were two elements one that was to try to encourage people into agriculture who might not be from a farming background and to show that it was a, it could be a diverse and inclusive place and the other was to try to tackle any um, institutionalized homophobia that might be in the industry mm. and it's, it's been fantastic the, the um, the, the response we got to, to the first um, call for people to send their stories in so heartwarming just hearing all these incredible stories from people not just all over the country but all over the world as well we, we have got people from from Canada um, Australia the United States uh, who've been in touch with us but yeah in the UK every corner every corner so it's not a charity it's a platform and if you if you were in trouble as as a gay farmer mentally where would you go then would you find agrispect or would you start somewhere else there's a fantastic charity called the gay farmer helpline that is that that's run by a, a chaplain who um who's gay himself and has just done so much fantastic work with counseling people and we aren't able to, to offer a counselling service because we feel we're not qualified to do that but we like to to work on the, the terms of visibility and representation is probably the the best way to normalise it and you know just to see people going about their daily lives you know, where you know, because being gay is so you know, it's it's an important part of my life because you know, my husband you know, don't want to deny that but at the same time it is does not have any bearing on how i'm able to go about yeah. go by my job no as well as your website i know that you've got a very very big social media following mainly on instagram and i'm sure that's another platform where you must have quite a big community i'm sure of heterosexual but also homosexual lgbt it's been social media is it, you can have a pretty difficult relationship with it sometimes it has its pros and its cons but far outweighing a lot of the cons the contacts that i've made with people uh, not just lgbt farmers but other farmers from all over the country sharing ideas 
and it's it's really incredible to you, know, you it's nice it's good fun to go on farm farm tours isn't it and go and see other farms and how they're working and opening it up to you know the whole of the country so you can you know show what you're doing on the farm and and educating people who might not be from a farming background into life in the country and how their food's produced because there really is a massive disconnect mm. with how food Absolutely. is produced. Tell me a bit about your farm here which looks extremely fertile at the moment. There's a lovely potato field just behind us which is looking red and yep. ridged and gorgeous. It's, uh, it's a mixed organic farm so we are growing um, various vegetables, We've got potatoes just behind us, uh, lettuce, spring onions, cabbage cauliflower and kale and and so you're growing for supermarkets do you we grow for a company called abel and coal yes uh, uh, so uh, box, 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 box delivery yeah. scheme yep and also cereal crops as well we grow all our own um, feed for our cattle we finish finished beef cattle they are out grazing the river meadows during the spring and the summer and then when they flood because they regularly they flood like they did in January this year <laughs> yeah. uh, so then they, they go in the sheds and then in the uh, in, in the spring the sheds are all mucked out and so while we're talking about cattle um, we all know a lot of vegetarians and vegans these days I wonder if you could help me a little bit with the, the debate about cattle and, and even sheep and livestock yeah the uh, the 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 cattle argument is always slightly overblown um, when you compare carbon emissions from from livestock. Like if you take the whole of UK agriculture, it accounts for 10% of our um, carbon dioxide equivalent greenhouse gas emissions. Now that means that if we were to stop all farming in the UK tomorrow, it would only decrease our carbon uh, emissions by 10%. Now there's a lot. I feel that farming gets unfairly blamed when the fossil mm. fuel companies, yeah, energy is still far and away the biggest mm. contributor. But surely to, the displacement of that as well, by having to bring in the, the food, whatever that food would be from other countries, getting it here, quite apart from the fact that you'd just be displacing oh, a lot, a lot the growth of it. in you, another country. You, so. you are, you're, you're just, you're, a lot of the time you end up exporting your your carbon, um, your 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 carbon emissions to somewhere else, and you know, very little is ever talked about the difference between the biogenic carbon cycle, as it's called. You're getting a the, bit technical yeah, for our well, just, audience. Yeah, it's it just it was it was the first thing I learned in geography, I think, at school, where you've got you know carbon dioxide being absorbed by plants, being eaten by animals, and then being uh, being exhaled or or um, or belched out in the case of cattle as carbon dioxide or methane and yeah that's quite different to digging up carbon reserves that have been in the, in the locked land. away in, yeah. the, in the earth for millions and millions Absolutely. of years and, and burning it. I mean while we're on food perhaps you know one of my bugbears is that people feel they should spend so little on food and you know we're guided all the time by the, the multiples to say oh yes you're going to be able to buy it even cheaper or you can buy two for one I mean we've got it so wrong in this country it's a it's a really bad relationship with food and and i think that people they are spending less of their disposable income um yeah i think it's we're the third behind uh, usa and singapore in terms of the amount of, of our the, disposable uh, yep, income disposable that, we spend, yep, food, that yeah. we spend on food so during this last year it's been really pretty tricky for all of us i mean i know that 
for me it's been really important to get out and walk and run a bit have you what do you think about fitness have you, are you fit uh, I, I try to I try to exercise every day um, whether it's going to the gym or uh, running or cycling at the weekends I find that it's it helped me through the lockdown massively sport has was probably one of the things that helped me most when I was when I was growing up to be confident and to uh, to socialize with people because I was really quite nervous when I was younger so it was um yeah sport has played a pretty major part in my in my life I think you used to row didn't you as a rower all the way through school do you still row no no unfortunately rowing is one of those things where you either have you need to a do river. it you, and, you, and you either have to you okay, do it and you yeah. do it you mm. do it full on or you uh, or you don't do it at all so have you got any other hobbies that keep you busy big one for me in the last lockdown was <laughs> developing um a bit of a an obsession with bird watching which i always thought was a bit of a, a slight, type, yeah <laughs> yeah i always i always thought it was a bit of a bit of a um a, you know, a boring old old man sort of thing to do but i think as farmers we like to think that we're very much in tune with nature and we're working in the natural environment but I, I realised that even though we were planting these wild bird seed mixes for the countryside stewardship scheme, that I didn't really know what any of the mm. birds were. Um, mm. I couldn't identify them, and they all looked just looked like sparrows to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was, it was really great to to get a decent lens for my camera, go out and take some pictures, and then then go home and try to identify them. So you, do you do that together with your husband, or do you go no, out on your No, no, it's, it's one of those things I like to do. Does he think you're a bit mad doing that? I think we, 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 all, we both have our, our, our own, um, sort of his, his big thing is gardening, so he's obsessed with that, so his spare time is, is pretty much all spent gardening or Yeah, or well that's good for you, because the last thing that we as farmers feel like doing when we Everyone, go home is gardening. No interest in that, yeah, no, no interest in, in tending a veg patch. Yeah. Yeah. The birds that we've got on the farm have been um, it's been incredible to see the you know, seeing some of the red red listed species and, and amber listed species on the rspb they say got like linnets um uh, gray wagtails um uh, yellow wagtails yellow hammers it's just they're incredible and just just watching them and and sort of seeing that things that you uh, that you can do on the farm actually have uh an impact on mm. the natural the natural great, life that, and, and yeah. seeing them they also they also play a big part in our pest control so we've got skylarks and, and the wagtails you know big in uh, they'll, they'll eat small invertebrates as well which are you know pests that we could do without eating our yeah brassicas do you find that there's plenty to do here and you're busy are there places to go i mean perhaps you could do the usual thing which i always ask my interviewees could you give me your three top tips for a stranger coming to Herefordshire for the first time things you do things you love I'd absolutely say that I've never I never find myself being bored in Herefordshire it's one of the most unspoiled beautiful counties uh, in in the country and as I said before I'm big into um, big into to sport and, and fitness so any opportunity to get out walking or, or running or cycling like cycling was another big thing that I started in uh, in the last lockdown and it's amazing the the, the, the amount of ground you can cover and the things you can see so you know, cycling around um, 
yeah, it's over, over um, Redwood Dean, so Ryan, Ryan Mockus, that sort of area, uh, or, or up uh, in the, it's called the, the Herefordshire Plateau, <laughs> which is, um, <laughs> which is, it sounds quite, quite grand and, and interesting, but if you head up towards Hatfield and Puddleston, there's some fantastic, some rabbit warrens of, uh, of roads and lanes around there. And um, yeah, it's uh, gone the, uh, on the Visit Herefordshire website, there's some, some fantastic cycle routes and, and, and walking that you can, uh, can go on there and, and just, because Herefordshire, the Wye Valley is the, uh, the place where the word picturesque was invented. Um, the picturesque movement was... Uh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I know. The picturesque, art, the picturesque artist movement was, uh, was developed by can't remember his name he's a reverend and uh, yeah we just, might have to look that up to yeah. put that on the reference <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you've totally made that one so up so that's but. your number one cycling yep. uh and number then two. the courtyard is a um fantastic institution in in herefordshire it is the place to go to for um, for, for for the arts i've done quite a bit of amateur theatre in in my time and have done done a couple of plays at the courtyard and it's it's i think a lot of people don't realize quite how good it can be and so i'm quite quite excited about it reopening with the um with the uh, the new chase bar and yeah, going there and they've, and they've spent the last year doing quite a lot of work there so and that and should be great for some for some good good food and drink as well which i understand it's going to be be quite the place to go because i think herefordshire in the last few years i think that's probably my my third one is food and drink that i think it was very poor when i was growing up and in the last few years seeing the the work that the rule of thumb guys have done at the burger shop and the bookshop the pubs around have their food has improved so much it's uh, it's fantastically never short of somewhere to to like take my friends uh, when i have friends up from london I took them. I took them to the bookshop uh, in Hereford, and absolutely blown away by the standard of the food. I don't think that people you know, coming from London expect anything quite that civilized. So Ben, we're sitting in the middle of the farm out here. There's quite a few tractors and bits of machinery. You know, boys with their toys. Do you like all that stuff? Uh, my one, my one uh, mechanical obsession is probably probably Land Rovers. I've always been obsessed with Land Rovers. I learned to drive oh, in one. Sad. <laughs> I learned. I learned. I learned to drive in one. It's my first. My first car, and then of course over at uh, Eastern Castle, they have the the Land Rover. Oh, you've been on that experience. The Land Rover. You? The Land Rover experience test track, and it's uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Love love a uh, yeah, getting. getting well, there's another ready. tourist tip for you then. Yeah. So thank you, Ben, for a really enlightening conversation. We can all learn a lot from uh, from organisations like Agrospect because I think black or white, straight or gay, whatever your sex or sexual orientation, whatever your level in any organisation or society, whatever we do, however we work or play, respect is integral to all our communities. Respect to you, Ben, and good luck with this year's planting season and harvest later on. I think the wonderful thing about farming is that you see the fruits of your labours every day and there's not much bad about living in this beautiful county, is there? No, not at all, Jay. Thanks very much for, for having me. It's been a pleasure.